You're listening to Truly Criminal, the home of true crime. To see the video version of this case, including the footage and photos, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Truly Criminal. In an inner city park, thousands gathered to light the way home for women in honour of a young comedian who didn't make it there. Her death sparked an outpouring of emotion, anger, grief and vigils protesting violence against women. The judge describing it as one of the worst examples of the murder. Supreme Court justice ruled outrageous and depraved conduct like this will be met with severe sentencing in which mercy plays no role. Justice Kaye said his crime was an attempt to enact his dark and violent sexual fantasies culminating with the death of his victim. He placed the offending on the most extreme end of the scale. Melbourne, Australia. A bustling and vibrant city home to many famous landmarks and a hub of arts and culture. Roughly five million people call this place home, one of which was Eurydice Dixon. Eurydice Jane Dixon was born on the 10th of November 1995. She was described as gutsy, determined and clever, kind to those she met with a real passion for the arts. Life hadn't always been easy for her. When she was just seven years old, tragedy would strike. Her mother had battled a heroin addiction and would later pass away in a shopping centre as the result of an overdose. She was close to her siblings, a brother Christopher and a sister Polly, as well as her father Jeremy. Eurydice was described as a born performer and soon began forging a career in stand-up comedy, proving herself to be a formidable and unique voice on the comedy circuit. She was naturally more introverted, but began to blossom and come out of her shell, channelling her ideas and her intelligence into her comedy, and using it to talk about her experiences. She was described as a staunch feminist, who could poke fun at herself and her ideas, with social issues also feeding into her comedy routines. She was incredibly supportive of other comedians, with one person calling her a comic's best friend. She could always find the funny, even if a joke didn't land. She would perform at comedy clubs and was quickly making a name for herself in the bustling Melbourne comedy scene. Tuesday, the 12th of June, 2018. Eurydice performed a set at the Highlander Bar, a place she would often go to, and tried out some of her new material. Her set had gone brilliantly and she was said to be on top of the world because of how well received it had been. After she finished, she left the club and walked with her boyfriend Tony to see him onto his tram before she began her walk home. It was a walk she often did. As she came to Prince's Park, she took her shoes off and walked barefoot from west to east. She loved the park and did this every time she walked through it. She was just a few hundred metres from her home when she sent her boyfriend Tony a message at 12.02am on the morning of Wednesday the 13th. It said... I'm almost home safe, how about you? She walked across two of the football pitches and then onto the third, almost back at the house that she shared with her brother and father. At 2.40am, a passerby on his way home from work would make a terrible discovery. 
On a field at Prince's Park Sporting Precinct, a body was found. He immediately called the emergency services and began CPR. The ambulance was quickly dispatched. Despite the best efforts of the paramedics, they were unable to revive her, and Eurydice Dixon was pronounced dead at the scene. The area was cordoned off, and a murder investigation was launched. Detective Inspector Andrew Stamper asked for anyone who had been in the area between 11pm and 3am to come forward, as they may have seen something of significance. The police asked for anyone with dash cams or CCTV to check their footage, as anything could help them paint a clearer picture of what had happened. As the investigation continued, a post-mortem would soon reveal Eurydice's cause of death. She had died as a result of asphyxiation and compression to the neck. She had suffered blunt force injuries across her body and head, and she had also been raped. Whoever had killed her was clearly a dangerous offender, and they needed to be stopped, and quickly. The advice that was given was that people need to be aware of their own personal security. The warnings from police were met with criticism, with many arguing it placed the onus on victims. The Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews also criticised the police's response, arguing that she was keeping an eye on her surroundings, looking out for herself, being responsible, doing everything we expect. There's a deep sense of shock and sadness at what happened here earlier in the week. Behind me, a collection of floral tributes has been growing. Friends have remembered Eurydice Dixon as clever, funny and beautiful. There's been an outpouring of emotion on social media and criticism of the police advice for people to be mindful of their safety. Some have described that as victim shaming. The Victoria Chief Commissioner Graham Ashton would later apologise, saying they had not intended it to come across as victim blaming. When scouring the CCTV that showed her walking home, they soon noticed someone that stood out. A young man was on the footage, and he had been following her. Knowing that this was their strongest lead yet, they knew they needed to talk to him, so they released the still image of him to the media in the hope that someone would recognise him or he would come forward. And, on Wednesday evening, that young man walked into a police station in Broadmeadows, James Todd. James Todd was 19 years old. The police wanted to know why he appeared to be following Eurydice on the footage. He told the police he had initially followed her as she was drunk. Look at this drunk idiot, might as well see if she does anything funny, he said. But this was not true. An autopsy revealed there were no drugs or alcohol in Eurydice's system. James said the night was a blur. He had a series of scratches on his face and said they had been most likely caused by his cat. But the police were doubtful. After repeatedly denying that he had any involvement over more than 600 questions, the police said they wanted to obtain his DNA and other forensic evidence. Because if he wasn't involved his DNA would not be at the scene. It was then that he changed his story. Don't worry about the DNA. I did it. I will tell you everything, he said. The truth about James Todd and what exactly had happened would finally come out. In Melbourne, they gathered some 10,000 men, women, children, united in sombre silence... 
then in song. The crowds that filled Prince's Park to remember Eurydice Dixon, a jarring contrast to its emptiness, the night the 22-year-old was killed there, walking home from her comedy gig. As news continued to spread about what had happened, the tributes for Eurydice began to flood in on social media, with many comedians sharing their thoughts and donating to fundraising efforts to help her family. The Highlander bar where she had performed her last set paid tribute to her. She was a remarkable, talented, kind, unique and universally loved person and the entire staff are shattered and heartbroken. There were thousands of vigils held across the country with people from all walks of life coming out to voice their anger and pay tribute to her. Thousands of people have gathered in Melbourne for a vigil in honour of an inspiring comedian who was raped and murdered last week. Tonight, those who knew her have come together with strangers to pay tribute to the 22-year-old's life and to reclaim the park. A sea of faces lit by candlelight as raw emotions surfaced. The message has united hundreds who walked along Sturt Street in Ballarat. The sentiments felt by thousands across the nation who stood hand in hand for the woman abused and killed last it's not week. just Melbourne where people have gathered in solidarity and reflection. This murder is being felt throughout the entire country, with vigils being held in multiple cities. Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull addressed a vigil in Canberra alongside the opposition leader Bill Shorten and said, This young woman should have been able to walk across the park in her city as safely as she could walk across a room in her home or any public space. Bill Shorten added, The vigil to me is a commitment to every other Australian woman that you ought to be safe and nothing less than that is acceptable. Nearly 10,000 people went to the Melbourne Park for a vigil before the lights of the park were dimmed at 6pm and the space was lit by candles. Some of those in attendance had attended the protests and vigils following the murder of Jill Marr, who was killed by a stranger as she walked home in 2012 in a case we've previously covered. Premier Daniel Andrews called Eurydice's murder a terrible, terrible tragedy and such a waste, such a senseless, thoughtless, evil act when he attended the vigil with his wife Catherine. A choir sang Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah as the gathering came to an end. The state government is also calling on the community to change attitudes. It's about showing our grief but also demanding changes in terms of the way women are seen and treated in our community. As morning broke on Monday... Shocked locals would find that Eurydice's memorial had been vandalised with lewd imagery and people were left outraged that a memorial could be defaced in such a vile manner. Low, it's lower than low. It's the absolute pits. It's absolutely disgusting. They should just be left out to dry. Hours later, Victoria's police chief added to the growing memorial. Victoria Police Chief Commissioner Graham Ashton said it was terrible and shocking and they would bring whoever was responsible to justice. As the outrage over her death continued to grow, several buildings across the country, including Melbourne's Town Hall, were lit with orange lights, the same colour used by the United Nations to represent the aim of ending violence towards women and girls. The Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull also spoke about Eurydice's murder in Parliament. Our hearts go out to Eurydice's family, 
our prayers, our sympathy, our love are with them as they grieve her loss. Women must be safe everywhere, on the street, walking through a park, in their homes, at work. We need to ensure that we have a culture of respect for women. Not all disrespect of women ends up in violence against women, but that's where all violence against women begins. And I know, look, I know that we are all united in this here. This is not a partisan issue. This is a heartbreaking tragedy. I thank the honourable member for the question, and I believe, Mr Speaker, that I speak for every honourable member in saying we must never, ever, ever tolerate violence against women. Eurydice Dixon, we mourn her loss, we grieve with her family, and we say never again. As James Todd sat in Broadmeadows Police Station, what he had done that day and the horrifying nature of Eurydice's last moments were finally brought to light. On the day of Eurydice's murder, he had finished his classes in hospitality at around three o'clock in the afternoon and then got on a train to go into the city with three others from his college course. He later tried to purchase alcohol at Liquorland, but as he didn't have his ID on him, he was not allowed to buy anything. He went to a different store and bought vodka and cigarette rolling papers. He then went to Batman Park with his friends where they drank, before one of his friends decided to call it a day and go home. After finishing the vodka, James went and purchased cider and then some marijuana from men in the park. At 8.30pm they went to the Southern Cross station and Todd purchased whiskey. They then boarded a train going towards Broadmeadows. One of them got off at Flinders Street and James Todd got off at Newmarket. He bought tobacco and then headed back into the city and got off at Flinders Street Station at 10.25pm. He then walked towards Elizabeth Street. At 10.43pm, he had gone past a Woolworths where Eurydice was with Tony. James Todd carried on to McDonald's where he ate. After he walked back to the intersection of Swanston and Flinders, where Eurydice was saying goodbye to Tony as he got onto his tram. James Todd was standing outside the Young and Jackson Hotel and then decided to walk back to the station. It was here that he saw Eurydice walking on her own. He let her go past him at 11.08pm. He then began to follow her, being sure to hide from her and stay out of her eyeline, hiding behind objects and slowing down when she did. After taking off her shoes and walking across the park, he attacked her. He had gone up behind her and grabbed her by her dress and hair before knocking her over. Eurydice had fought back with everything that she'd had and scratched his face repeatedly. But he overpowered her. After raping her, he said he strangled her for maybe five or ten minutes. As her body lay in the park, he used the front-facing camera on her phone to look at the scratches on his face for ten minutes. He then went to Royal Park Station where he fell asleep on a bench at 2.14am. At 3.55am, he walked back through Prince's Park where he defecated on one of the tracks. He then walked over to where he had left her body and was told to leave the area by police on scene. 
At 5.50am, he had got on a train to go home. And at 6.37am, he was back in his bedroom and using his iPad to make various searches for Prince's Park and read articles about a woman's body being found there in the early morning hours. He then made internet searches for content relating to rape and strangulation. At 6.34pm, he received a phone call from one of his friends, saying he had seen his face on the news. He was the person the police wanted to talk to. He searched the number for the local police station before ringing them to say it was him in the photograph that had been issued. His girlfriend and her mother took him to the station, where his mother was there to meet him. He told his girlfriend she had nothing to worry about. After he had confessed what he had done, he told the officers she looked like she was stumbling around. She looked like she was not in a position to defend herself. James Todd was subsequently charged with the rape and murder of Eurydice Dixon. Using the prison telephone, he called his father. He said he was disappointed at the way Eurydice's murder had panned out, saying he felt like shit after and hoped the next time would be better. But who exactly was this young man sat in front of them? As the police looked into his background, they made several disturbing discoveries. He was the middle of three boys, and the home environment he lived in was described as neglectful and squalid. The kitchen floor was so rotten part of it had collapsed. The toilet was blocked, and garbage and rubbish filled every room. There were also several animals in the home. His mother suffered with depression and was later asked if this was a factor that led to the house being neglected, and he said no, it's always been like this. He had a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder and in his youth, James Todd exhibited repetitive behaviours and intense focus on interests, dinosaurs for example. At the age of 12, his school referred him to mental health services after they had grown increasingly concerned with his emotional well-being and his interactions with other people. As he moved into his teens, he was given treatment to help with regulating his mood, especially his anger. He spent less and less time at home and would sleep on the streets. He asked his girlfriend if he could move in and would spend his weekends at hers. Whilst in custody, Todd was diagnosed with sexual sadism disorder. Professor James Ogloff is a forensic psychologist and has more than 35 years of experience studying paedophiles, murderers and rapists. He would later examine James Todd and spoke to The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald about sexual sadism disorder. He said that it is not entirely known how it develops in people, but that it is extremely rare. He said, We don't know why this occurs, but we do know there are people like him whose sexual interests appear to be best satisfied by inflicting pain and ultimately ending the life of someone. It is not driven by their hatred of women. It is a sexual interest. The public wants a simple answer, but there is no quick fix. When looking at James Todd's internet search history, they revealed he had looked for snuff films, which are violent sexual encounters resulting in death. It was reported that from the age of around 11, he had been accessing increasingly violent pornography and had harboured a fantasy about raping a woman before killing her. On Thursday the 28th of June, Eurydice Dixon's funeral was held. Her uncle, sister and old drama teacher were amongst those who spoke at the service. We'll Meet Again by Johnny Cash and The Cure's Pictures of You were played. Her friend Kieran Butler described her as having the mind of a lawyer. She was someone who could attack an issue 
or idea from polar opposite sides. She could genuinely empathise with and understand a point of view or action that she vehemently disagreed with. The emotional service was a fitting tribute to Eurydice. The police would also catch up with the person who had vandalised her memorial. An anti-feminist vandal who defaced the memorial site to murdered comedian Eurydice Dixon has avoided jail. Andrew Nolch was slammed for his lack of remorse by the magistrate after he blamed his actions on man-haters. Dougal Beatty was in court. Convicted to serve 200 hours community work, the 29-year-old pleaded guilty to painting a vulgar image of male genitalia on the memorial to Eurydice Dixon just days after she was killed in June. Blatant man-hating upset me so much that I felt I had to make a statement for men's rights. He told media he wanted to cause maximum outrage but claimed he meant no offence to the murdered 22-year-old. Andrew Nolch will now have to undergo a men's behaviour change program as part of his rehabilitation and treatment. The magistrate also ordered him to provide a DNA sample because she felt it was in the public interest. He'll now have to repay almost $20,000 for the clean-up bill. After he missed five shifts and breached the conditions of his bail by going abroad, he was sentenced to five months in prison. On Thursday the 14th of June, James Todd appeared at Melbourne Magistrates Court. His lawyer said he should not be identified initially to allow for more time to obtain information about his autism spectrum disorder diagnosis. His lawyer also argued that identifying him could place him at risk in custody and due to the high-profile nature of the case, it could mean it was harder to get reliable witness statements. The magistrate said that only Todd's face would be protected from being published. No application for bail was made and he was remanded in custody. The 8th of November, 2018. Despite previously denying any involvement in the murder of Eurydice Dixon, this afternoon, 19-year-old James Todd pleaded guilty to four charges, murder, rape, attempted rape and sexual assault. The man who raped and murdered Melbourne woman Eurydice Dixon will return to court for a plea hearing today before he is sentenced. The court heard from psychologists who discussed his sexual sadism disorder. Dr David Thomas gave evidence for the defence and said that Todd posed a significant risk of reoffending. He said he had carried out assessment interviews with him where James Todd said the minute he went into the park, he knew there would be a sexual assault. He also said he hadn't been sure he would strangle her until he started attacking her. The court heard that with a sexual partner he had had, he'd strangled her during consensual sex, but had stopped when she asked him to. Dr Thomas said, This happened very early on in the relationship. There's no evidence at all that he was, at that point, consuming the kind of pornography that he consumed in the months leading up to the offence. Senior Crown Prosecutor Dr Nanette Rogers said this showed he was aware that choking could hurt someone. His defence barrister Tim Marsh said he had not planned on murdering Eurydice until the attack had started. James Todd's girlfriend and female friends testified and said that in spite of his upbringing, which was described as dysfunctional, he had always been kind and respectful towards women, with his girlfriend saying, I found James to be a very normal person. He seemed to always be quite happy and really good socially. 
Another friend said that James was outgoing and would easily talk to people, even those he didn't know, saying he was someone they would often go to for advice and someone who apologised if they did something wrong. Dr Thomas and Dr Ogloff disagreed about how much James Todd regretted what he had done. Dr Thomas said that once he was in custody, he had started to understand the damage he'd caused. But Dr Ogloff said Todd had displayed profoundly disturbing behaviours after killing her, such as making the internet searches for content relating to rape and going back to the park. Todd had told Ogloff that he felt nothing. The judge will consider a life sentence for the man who has pleaded guilty to murdering aspiring comedian Eurydice Dixon as James Todd's plea hearing enters its second day. Eurydice's sister Polly also addressed the court, saying that what James Todd had done had shattered and destroyed her family. She said she was now suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder following her sister's murder and that she was seething in anger about what he had done. Eurydice's boyfriend Tony said he would never be able to look at human beings in the same way again. When deciding upon his sentence, the Victorian Supreme Court Justice Stephen Kay had taken on board what Professor Ogloff had said when he testified for the Crown that James Todd had a limited chance of being rehabilitated even though he was young. He said there was a lack of evidence to suggest that Todd's sexual sadism disorder could be properly treated. The Justice disagrees with the 20-year-old's lawyers that Todd's autism spectrum disorder decreased his culpability, instead ruling the killer's sexual sadism disorder was the dominant factor. She was vulnerable and in the circumstances defenceless. In a most callous and cowardly manner, he set upon her the sheer terror which Eurydice must have experienced during those dreadful moments is unimaginable. The offending by you was totally and categorically evil. Your conduct and your intentions and motivation struck at the very heart of the most basic values of a decent, civilised society. In his sentencing remarks, which lasted two hours, Justice Kaye said that Todd's actions were perverted and depraved, totally and categorically evil, and craven and sadistic. He also referred to Todd's upbringing as a mitigating factor, saying he had been raised in complete squalor. A video was submitted to the court showing a walkthrough of the house he had lived in, and Dr Thomas said it was one of the most extreme environments he had ever seen in his career. James Todd would pose a major threat to the public if he were to be released, the judge said. For destroying the life of an innocent woman, James Todd will spend the rest of his days rotting in a jail cell. The man who raped and murdered Melbourne woman Eurydice Dixon has been sentenced to life in jail. Todd showed no emotion as the sentence was handed down, life imprisonment with a non-parole period of 35 years. Alongside this, he was sentenced to two years for sexual assault, 11 years for rape and seven years for attempted rape which are to be served concurrently. Following the sentencing, Jeremy Eurydice's father spoke to the journalists outside. I am very glad there's a killer off the streets. Uh, what I'd wish for James Todd and what I believe Eurydice would wish is that he gets better uh, and comes to a full realisation yeah, and realises what he's done 
I, I extend my sympathy, my sincere sympathy for those who love him. Uh, it's a terrible tragedy all around. Uh, Eurydice herself uh, should be remembered, as her friends will remember her for her wit and her courage and uh, for her kindness, not, not, not for her death. While in prison, James Todd will undergo behavioural therapy and receive medication for his disorders. He'll spend most of his time behind bars in protective custody because he's at risk from other inmates. Eliza, the judge said James Todd will struggle behind bars. That's right, Pete, and James Todd has already had conflict with at least one other prisoner. He has been put in isolation to stop him being targeted. James Todd appealed his sentence. In breaking news, the killer of Melbourne woman Eurydice Dixon has lost his appeal to reduce his life sentence. After weighing the relevant sentencing considerations, life imprisonment with a non-parole period of 35 years was within the range of options available to the sentencing judge. We have described the applicant's conduct as unspeakably loathsome and cruel in our written reasons. The sentence of life imprisonment was not disproportionate and was not imposed purely for the purposes of community protection. Given the applicant's limited rehabilitation prospects and the seriousness of the offending, it was open to the sentencing judge to fix a non-parole period of 35 years. Following her death, new scholarships for up-and-coming female stand-up comedians were created in her memory with the state government announcing it before the Melbourne International Comedy Festival opened. Eurydice's father Jeremy and siblings Christopher and Polly said in a statement, We hope these grants continue. Eurydice cared about comedy. Thanks are also due to many other people who expressed their support for Eurydice in grief at her death and concern about violence to women, a concern that Eurydice shared in her life. The director of the festival, Susan Proven, said, the inaugural recipients of the stand-up grants are bold, funny women, strongly committed to their comedy careers and motivated by their authentic and joyful passion for comedy. The stand-up grant is inspired by the promise and ambition of Eurydice Dixon, a much-loved emerging comedian whose friends remember her as brilliant, brave and beautiful, unafraid to delve into challenging material and with a big, bold laugh that filled a room. Eurydice Dixon was a bright light in the Melbourne comedy circuit. She will be remembered for her intelligence, her insight and her wit, and the impression that she left is immeasurable. She will live on through the stand-up grants and through those young female comedians whose lives are changed by it. <laughs>